The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. everyone you found financial food for thought happy fourth karen yeah year two of the rona actually we may have some fourth of july parties oh yeah i think there's quite a few people and events and fireworks and it's heating up out there karen yeah just like our cleveland weather for this weekend right hopefully no but it's nice to see people i know i drive around on the weekends or i'm running errands and i see like lot grad parties going on and it's nice to see i think some of the grad parties in my neighborhood have been doing fireworks yeah, because well, of, I've had that on weekends quite a bit. Yeah, I think uh, I don't mind if it's on the weekends. I think some of that stimulus money was bought some <laughs> for mortars, or maybe people saved them from last year. <laughs> True. All right, so we've got the fourth of July. It's getting hot out there, right? Um, I hear somebody's turned up the heat a little bit. People in Washington, D.C. who knows how the system works, who knows how to reform that system, and it could make... So you know who this is, Carrie? This is our latest uh, Republican to throw his hat into the Senate race. Okay. Rob Portman seat. Okay. Uh, J.D. Lance. Okay. Have you ever heard of him? I think I've heard of him. Right. I don't know a lot about him. J.D. Vance, he wrote that, um, he wrote the book Hillbilly Elegy. That was a you know he's from uh, Middletown, okay, Ohio, and he's uh, he he wrote this book about you know the you know just how that that situation down in southern Ohio and you know with the opiates and trying okay. to survive that and yeah to, yeah so um but yeah so he he's running for this country better and that's why I'm running to be your next U.S. senator for the state of Ohio. New at 11, a U.S. Marine, venture capitalist, oh. and author, Middletown native J.D. Vance is hoping to add another title to his resume, U.S. Senator. He announced, as you heard there, his bid to run tonight. WCPO 9 News reporter Jake Ryle was also there, and he has a look at Vance's platform. So what is this platform? people showed up here at Middletown Tube Works for J.D. Vance's announcement. He's touting a message of a new generation of politics. J.D. Vance walked on stage in his hometown as signs were held up saying conservative outsider. His speech, Hmm. a GOP checklist limited to mostly broad national topics, good paying jobs, not teaching critical race theory, the southern border, abortion, and representing middle class workers. The Yale graduate and venture capitalist worries the American dream is becoming harder to achieve. I've had a very lucky and blessed life, but there are a lot of kids all across this country. There are a lot of adults that look to the future more with frustration and fear than with hope and optimism. He talked about taxing big tech companies and criticized the handling of the coronavirus pandemic. Where did the idea that you're not even allowed to complain about the coronavirus restrictions come from? It came from two plate. What came from the Democrats, but it came from our public health leadership. <laughs> no, and so I want to tell you something. Crowd came it out came of from it. Fauci. 
It was the lone oh, remark wow. that gave a mixed response from the audience. He spent no time discussing a plan on how to create change, something Senator Rob Portman says made him decide not to run for re-election. Leaders of this country who have plundered it have decided they're going to reward their friends with special tax breaks and not the companies right here in Middletown, Ohio. That stops now. Okay, so, so hmm. you know, so the, the, the field is getting bigger, right? Right. Um, so... You've got on the Republicans, you know, Josh Mandel, Jane Timken, Mike Gibbons, who's he's from Parma, right? So he's, uh, you know, a business guy. Bernie Moreno, remember, he's the auto dealer. He's Mm -hmm. running. Um, Then um, some others, I think, are in the race, too. Michael Leopold, Mark Bikita. I'm not sure about them. On the Democratic side, it's a little bit skinnier because I think, yeah. uh, you know, J.D. Vance may have a chance since, you know, Amy Acton dropped out. Carrie. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, but Tim Ryan is definitely right. in. Um, and Jerry Springer. You remember him? Yes, because wasn't he the mayor of Cincinnati? Uh, I guess. Well, other than his show. I guess he's I still threatening to, to run for the oh, Senate Oh, my goodness. But I tell you, somebody who got hot and wasn't too happy with uh, J.D. Vance's uh, announcement was uh, Sherrod Brown. See, see, I'm somehow Ooh. I'm on Sherrod's email list. How? Yeah, no, 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 I don't. I don't know, but I I don't subscribe. We're on a first name basis, <laughs> apparently. So, so I got an email today. Um, you know, Mark. Um, apparently, we're on a you know, it, you know, what did he say here? Um, we had every intention of staying out of your inbox for a little while longer, but with the news that JD Vance is officially entering the race t- for the open Ohio Senate seat today, we need all hands on deck. Did so, you reply? Or are you worried, I, I, No, I didn't reply. <laughs> but, you know, um, you know, and he went on to say, you know, we finally have a government that's on the side of the workers. But there is a phony populist out there like J.D. Vance who are funded by billionaires and dark money who want to stop mm. the work we're doing in Congress to make our economy work for everyone. You, you like that's be, really he thinks Congress is for uh, the American people. I mean, I know it's the July 4th mark and you mentioned that. But like when you think about, you know, celebrating and the Declaration of Independence, I mean, that was a brilliant document. They talk about, you know, I well, I've read it. But then, you know, the inalienable rights of li- life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. All men are created equal. I guess all men might be offensive now, but. I mean, the meaning of it, that everyone's equal and that individuals have a civic duty to defend these rights. I think our politicians are so far from that. It's the only piece oh. and they defend are themselves and for their best interest and oh. not about the American people and say what you want. And I'm not saying our country doesn't have struggles. It's still there's no other country I'd want to live in in the world. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's not like. There has never been a Democratic candidate who's taken, you know, dark money, right, Karen? Well, never. You don't think uh, you some know, of them in the White House uh, might? Uh, I mean, but who is he talking about in J.D. Vance's case? Well, it's Peter Thiel. You know who Peter Thiel is? No. He was a, one of the co-founders of PayPal. Okay. Um, he's a billionaire. Um, and, yeah, he did. Uh, you know, he put some money into uh, a super PAC. It was back in March. Okay. Um, you know how much he put in, Carrie? No. $10 million. For JD, it's a nothing, right? So uh, it's ten, a drop in the bucket. Yeah, for him. Um, so yeah, so JD's got some money to play with. Mm. So we'll see. Um, Peter Thiel's an interesting guy. Okay. Um, soon after he, soon after he did that, I think he did that in March. I think that was announced that he put the ten million before JD Vance even said he was running. But I think that sealed the deal. He just announced recently, but um, about a week after that, you, you, Teal was the one that came out, and he's big on the, you know, he's he's against, he's anti-China. Right. Which, hey, yeah. can you blame a lot of people yeah. are anti-China? Hey, I'm so done with China. Um, but anyways, uh, he said that, you know, that Bitcoin might be a Chinese financial weapon against the U.S. Hmm. because China's government resents the status of the dollar as a world's reserve currency. So he said that, I think, in early April. Two weeks later, Bitcoin crashed. Hmm. I wonder, you know, you know, so people, I think, listen to Peter Thiel. And when he puts $10 million behind a candidate, 
um, he's in. He's all in. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's just so well, you know, he's. A, you know, I don't talk too much about Peter Thiel, but maybe I need to start. But all right, Carrie. Um, let's see. Get us going. I tell you what. So welcome, it's financial food for thought. Um, holiday weekend. Should we just take it easy, Carrie, or do you want me to you no, know, quote tax law? No, I think we still law? need. I think no. I don't think we should quote tax law ever, but. I think we need to talk concepts and strategies because a lot of people are still worried. I mean, you read the news. I skimmed articles this week, and there's still a lot of concern about inflation quite a bit. Bidenflation. Um, and then, I, then there was the St. Louis, their pre- federal, um, their federal Reserve, president, yeah, president. president said, I think this, you know, bust or burst of inflation might last into 2022, maybe longer, longer than they're He's saying that anticipate we have too many bottlenecks with supply and goods and yeah, yeah we you know we always say that you know inflation is transitory until it's not right um, but we did we had but here's the thing Carrie we had very good economic data right you know this week you know the the uh, the weekly jobless claims remember it was stubbornly staying above four hundred thousand right. the the uh, the estimates were for three hundred ninety thousand for last week jobless new jobless claims it came it bet beat that it came in at three sixty four but could that be because people have to go back to work well, I mean I, uh... I know, but then we had the jobs report you know which how many new jobs right so the street was looking for the mean medium estimate was around seven hundred twenty it came in at eight hundred fifty it blew it away. Biden's, you know, taking a, 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 what do you call victory lap, you know. Right, but at the same time, if you drive around, every industry is hurting for employees. I wish I was in the business of selling help wanted signs. Oh, that's what I'm saying. You're talking about industrial parkways, restaurants, the food service, and and every hospital in Cleveland is hiring, and a lot of them have, are now bonuses. I, I, we went to a restaurant, and they had, on the doors you walk out for every position, bonuses for Cook, prep, servers, hostess. Yeah. So, but if the, see, inflation, I've been saying I'm not that worried about inflation. Uh, I remember months ago, I said if, if you that I didn't think that a gallon of gasoline would be six dollars by July fourth. Mm-hmm. I actually said I don't even think it'll be four dollars by July fourth, and it's not anywhere near that. It, it, so we we've heard that the lumber prices are back down. Um, we, we you know the GDP is see if GDP can stay cranking, and 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 the companies are still doing well. That, that should not be an inflation problem. It, it's you know, but there is still though a lot of people out there. I don't know if I'll get to today, but there there's a lot of people who are worried about a stock market decline, right? right? Um, and you know, it's it's are you in that camp? You know that we're going to have the next uh, market correction or market crash in the next twelve to twenty four months, or are you in the camp that you know what me worry? You know the Alfred E. Newman camp and saying no, everything is going fine right now. So maybe we'll talk about that because you know that that is always on our clients' minds. Mm-hmm. Is especially if you're thinking you're going into retirement. One of the things that always worries new retirees is that, Mark, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to retire and we're going to have a major market crash or a major economic downturn. The same time where my wages stop and I'm starting to pull money out of my nest egg to to, to fund my golden years. So we'll we'll talk about that. And that's the idea of saying, well, maybe you ought to model that in to your Mm -hmm. financial plan. Right. We call that plan R. Right. You know, in other words, you might want to build plan A, assuming that you you, you will never have an economic downturn again, or at least not in the first five years of your retirement. But then for fun, you might just want to build a plan R, you know, for recession or recovery or whatever that, that that says, well, what happens if we do have a downturn? And how do I prevent you know, that from, you know, making me uh, making me now make a wrong decision today? So those are things that we'll talk about. Um, I also said that I started kind of a little bit last week. We're going to be spending this month on this radio show talking everything about IRAs. And when, when and we you never know, carry when we say IRAs, we're using that broadly, right? In other Tax words, qualified assets. Yeah, it could be four hundred one ks, four hundred three bs, four fifty sevens, simple SEPs, KIOs, top hat. Just the it's idea. It's easier to say yeah, IRA, right? So we're using that, and we get questions all the time, Carrie. Have the questions mm-hmm. ever right. stopped? No, no. And how long have we been doing this? 
the radio show or just in planning? No, the state planning team. 35 I've been years. around 35 years. Yeah. I was... yeah, and every week it's the same questions. Mm-hmm. Mark, when do require minimum? I think, Carrie, you were mentioning you were talking to somebody new and they weren't even aware of required minimum distributions. No. They said, I have this IRA. I don't know. Like, I'm like, well, no, you can use that for. And I said, because if you don't use it now, because she was thinking about retiring. And I said, well, maybe you want to do distributions before. And she was like, what do you mean? And I said, well, no, then at which now, because you're 68 now at 72, you have to take required minimum distributions. And she said, what is that? So I think people, you know, still aren't aware. And sometimes people aren't aware that you can take distributions before. And certainly if you wait till minimum required or required minimum distributions, um, that you're often creating more tax dollars for the government. And wouldn't you rather use it for yourself in your lifetime? Right now we have more favorable rates. It is a huge opportunity for some people out there where you can take it at a much lower rate. Um, because if you haven't seen the long-term effect of minimum required distributions on your taxes, which can throw you into different tax rates, it can cause your Medicare B premium surtaxes. Right. We call that the required minimum distribution trap, Carrie, mm-hmm. right? In other words, and, 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 yeah, and and we started showing that to clients decades ago. And we said, you know, you know, because a, a lot of people we'd ask, well, what's your plan for your IRA distributions? And so many when we first started, Carrie, was, well, I was I was always told just defer, 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 and just do required minimum distributions. And we said, okay. And we then we said, but you know how much is in your IRA when you're 90 years old if you file that plan? And they had no idea. Mm-hmm. And when we started showing them that, they're like, Mark, why would I follow that plan? So I, I think it is that idea that the robots today have gotten so much better at doing financial models that you it, it, you just you, you that really helps you. You, you know, too many people today are just they're making financial decisions, Carrie, without getting the long term effect. Yeah. Do you want to get to 90 and have this pile of money you should have, would have spent? Not that you may not need it for long-term care. That's a whole other um, issue and problem. But maybe you wanted to do, could have spent it on those trips or spent, helped your family, spent it on yourself, remodeled or do some things while you could enjoy it. And I think that comes into play, especially because we see a lot of people coming in that want to retire early. They may want to stop the nine to five job or their long work week and they're or they're just tired of doing what they've been doing. They don't mind working. They'd like freedom of time. We're talking about July 4th and freedoms, you know, freedom of time to take on hobbies, travel, spend time with family, uh, do figure out what you want to do next. And I think, you know, you've saved this money and have this pile of money. How do you take it out? Because it's scary when wages end. I mean, that's a concern for people saying when those wages go away, especially if you're delaying Social Security, how do I make up that income? And making it up as tax efficiently as possible is important because if you think you're just going to take it all and you you have these different pots of money, if you've taken the time while you're working, because we help both people who are working or in retirement, and we've had people, Mark, who come in after the fact and we look at their tax returns. We don't do taxes, but um, prepare taxes, but we do tax planning and we look at these things that are hitting the tax return. I remember several years ago, we said, oh, you had a huge distribution, which for that couple, it was before 72, but they were 66 they bought, they did an IRA distribution to buy a new car mm-hmm. and they already had interest dividends, capital gains yep. hitting their tax return. They caused their Medicare B premium to go up. Mm-hmm. Well, why did you, oh, well, I thought, you know, the IRA money, I thought I might as well use it. Well, you just, your car that cost you 35000 guess what? Cost you a lot more. It cost right. the Medicare B. It shot them through another tax bracket. Which I don't know. Remember from that case, it's been a while. I think from the twelve to the twenty-two percent bracket. Yeah, and and it, it, there's a lot of there's the, the, also the zero long-term capital gain rates right in that bracket right. too. That you, they might you know that all of a sudden they they lose that. So that's the idea of coordinated advisors, and we can't stress that enough. That's why team is in our name, the estate mm-hmm. planning team. Um, is is the idea that 
we, you know, you, you need to get coordinate. You need to get your tax person on board with your investment advisor, on board with your financial planner, on board with your uh, perhaps your attorney for for estate tax planning purposes. But you, everyone, should be working together on your plan. Right. They shouldn't all be working in their own vacuums. Um, so I always say that when, to, to give an example of what I mean, coordinate advisor. So you may have a, you might have the best investment. You might love your investment advisor. We don't manage assets for our clients. Right. We've worked with a lot of clients, investment advisors over the years. But the idea is just it, how often has your investment advisor asked for a copy of your tax return or even for better asked for a three-way conversation with your tax preparer to discuss Right. IRA distributions, Roth conversions, um, you know, taking money out of uh, 401k plans that, you know, net unrealized appreciation. Is that available to you? The mega Roth contribution for excess contributions to so 401k. Is that available to you? These are all things that we're going to be touching on here in the month of July. And if I don't stop talking, Carrie, I will never get to the intro. To the start, but <laughs> go ahead. Get us started. Good morning, everyone. And you're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information and talk about issues that can impact your financial life. If you're working and wanting to know what steps you should take in preparing for that retirement you want or knowing when I can ever afford to retire and you're concerned about things like rising health care costs, inflation, market volatility, future tax increases, and how to create that income tax efficiently. And certainly for retirees that have stopped working and want to know, uh, learn about spending and how much risk they should be taking on and how much risk do they need to take on and also the IRA distribution planning and Roth conversions and what opportunities and dealing with the financial disruptors, which could be a market downturn, a premature death of a spouse, a long-term care stay, you know, whatever that could be, we address it at the estate planning team. And we're known for affordable fee-based we're an affordable fee-based planning firm that's known for comprehensive planning, and we offer both hourly and comprehensive retainer fees if you need a little bit of help. Maybe there's some pension election analysis, timing of Social Security, or you have a very specific issue you want help with versus somebody who went step-by-step through the planning process. And we've been around more than 35 years. We're an Ohio-registered fiduciary planning firm. We're accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau and A-rated members of Angie's List. And we offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation for people who want to see if our process is appropriate, if we can help you through the type of planning we offer, because we're very different. We do financial modeling. And when we make recommendations, it's based on detailed analysis. And we get people to think about things they do didn't consider it's what you don't know what you don't know. It's a lot of coaching. Yeah. And and going through it and saying, hey, did you know this opportunity? Did you ever think of something in this way? Or maybe your current thinking is okay, but maybe you need to adjust. And sometimes those adjustments put more dollars in your pocket, give you peace of mind or solve a problem that you have. And sometimes people come in, they're worried about something they shouldn't be worried about. And oftentimes there's a worry out there that's a real a legitimate concern that should they should be addressing that they didn't even know existed. And we offer the free consultation by phone or in person. And if you give us information, we actually do, do some preliminary analysis so you get a feel on our process. And we have a better understanding of what we can do for you and the value we can provide. Or we can talk concepts if people are more comfortable. You can call 440 440- Two three nine twenty ninety. We will be back on Tuesday. So if you leave a message, we will give you a call. We're taking Monday as the holiday. And you can also visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. You can send an email about a consultation. I always have incentives for people to come in. The um, newsletter you can sign up for, which I'm working on trying to get those fall classes scheduled. Um, Again, that's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell and Mark Donnelly here this morning. All right. Thanks, Carrie. So one thing, a couple things before I get started on the IRAs. So just a little tax brief here. The IRS is warning about don't fall for a scam that mm-hmm. they, things out there. And, of course, often we, 
often do we talk about this during a year, Carrie? Mm. But the latest one is dealing with the child credit. Okay. So I know a lot of our listeners, they're not going to get the child credit because mm-hmm. their children are older. Right. But some that, of you still might. Yeah. yeah. But why I'm saying for that group, Carrie, tell your children right. who aren't listening to this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they're saying is that because it's starting in July, you know, they're, they're starting to make those advanced payments. Mm-hmm. And I, there's a lot of confusion about that, you know, because why is it starting in July? Well, and why didn't they just start it in January? Don't ask me. It's the, the, it's the government. It's the government. But they wanted to get the money, just like the stimulus checks it was an advance on your you know, tax return. It, it, it's the same thing here. It, 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 it's They want money. They want to drop money in people's laps so they go out and spend it and it keeps, keeps this economy going so we don't have stagflation. Right. right? Uh, so, so that's the idea. And a lot of people are saying, well... Why, you know, because we just passed a deadline where you could elect out of the advance payments, Carrie, and, and people say, well, why would you, you know, why would you elect to not get the payments now? Well, right. Because they're guessing how much you're going to get based on previous information where your actual debt, when you file your return and actual data, that will determine whether you, you really deserved it or didn't deserve it. Right. And if you didn't deserve it, like, for example, you win, won the lottery and you had a lot more income than what you had originally thought. Oh, such a nice problem, right? Then you wouldn't <laughs> then then you would have to pay the back, so to speak, to the government. So some so they, they said, yeah, you don't have to take the upfront money. You can just wait, file your tax return. And then that the actual amount of what you deserve will be calculated and you know credited to you mm-hmm. in a credit. So it's not that it's taxable. I heard someone talk on the radio saying, well, it's taxable income. No, it's not taxable income. It's a tax credit. Um, yeah, so it's a lot of confusion with our complicated tax code. But we're always here to say, don't get too bogged down. I mean, don't get disgruntled with the complications. Look for opportunities. Right. So back to the scam. So the IRS is warning that, or actually it's a Better Business Bureau, released a statement on June 23rd warning adults in the U.S. that scammers will try to take advantage of the IRS's new child tax credit. The IRS will be sending qualified adult payments from July 15th to December 2021 through the American Rescue Plan. But if you receive a text or email about this credit claiming to be from the agency, don't open it. Mm-hmm. What did they say, Carrie? Don't open it. Don't open it. I think it's a fair bet that the IRA does it, not yeah. send. Yeah, you yeah. I'll read you the line. Emails. Here. Yeah, it's not the IRS who is sending you that email. Do you, does everybody get that? I hope, but okay. people still fall for it. The IRS doesn't initiate contact by email, text messages, or social media channels to request personal financial information, even information related to advanced child tax credit payments. The agency said it in a statement posted June 14th. If you receive a suspicious IRS-related email, the IRS says that you should not open any attachments, click on any links, or even reply. All right. So a word to the wise is sufficient, Carrie, right? Okay. Um, so we had a lot of... Um, are you worried about a stock market decline? Meaning, oh, yeah. I'm, oh, I meant not you. I'm just a broadly. I was going to gonna say, yeah, I think that's always possible. So here are some headlines. Just recently, three worrying signs suggest the stock market could experience a sell-off in the second half of 2021. That's according to LPL. Stocks could fall 20% as Fed tightens and a correction may already be underway, says Moody's economist Mark Zandi. Investors are ignoring a ticking time bomb stock market, says this money manager. That was uh, Thomas Thomas Key. Uh, he's from Stock Traders Daily. Robert Kiyosaki, right? He he's the rich dad, poor dad. Remember that book? Okay. Here? I don't know if you remember that, but that was a great financial book. Uh, so Robert warns that the largest market crash in history is approaching. Oh, that's depressing. Okay. Do you got any happy headlines? How about Norio Rubini? This is a little more happy. The looming stagflationary debt crisis will deliver a one-two punch to markets and economies. 
Oh, yeah, happy. Um, how about Michael Burry? Remember the big short investor? Yeah. He warns the mother of all crashes is coming and predicts crypto and meme stocks will plummet. So the the sky's falling worry doomsdayers are out there. Mm-hmm. And they're always out there, like you said, Carrie, right? Right. Um, so is that anybody saying it's not going to happen? I bet there is. Um, I, it took me a, 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 you really have to look for those, you know, a bull, little bit harder to find. Um, yeah. Um, pre-market stocks. Can anything derail the Goldilocks economy? So this is what Jamie Dimon, you know, pretty smart guy. Right. You know, CEO of JP Morgan Chase. Um, you know, it is possible that we will have a Goldilocks moment. Fast and sustained growth, inflation that moves up gently but not too much, and interest rates that rise but not too much. Okay. And that's kind of what I've been saying. I believe that the Federal Reserve knows what they're doing. I believe them, or they have more control than what Wall Street predictors can do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, here's uh, a bank rate did a survey. Um, and of all the financial uh, investment advisors. And they come away with, they, um, the consensus was expect the S&P 500 to push nearly 9% higher over the next year. So, yeah, so not everybody. So what camp are you in? And the, the, the idea is, well, what are you worried about? In, in other words, what can you do? Because we really can't, you can't control the stock market. Mm-hmm. You know, you really can't control when the Federal Reserve raises rates or d- decides not to raise rates. And you can't control how much the government's going to print money. Right. But what can you control? Well, one of the things is you can prepare for the next economic right. downturn, meaning that we, we always talk about one of your first defenses is do you have an adequate cash reserve built up, meaning that especially if you're going to retirement. See, if you're still working and you're bringing payroll, you know, you're bringing a, a paycheck home, right. that keeps your cash flow going. Right. And perhaps you're in a position where you're inve- you're you're putting pre-tax money, some of your gross pay into a 401k, right? Right. Which you could always draw back on if you right. needed short-term cash flow. If you're we're saying if you're like the, the the individual you were talking about earlier who thought that they couldn't take money out of IRAs before RMDs start. Right. No. You, you know, and, and a lot of people understand you can take IRAs out starting at 59 and a half, but actually you can take it out before then without penalty if you follow the rules. Right. You know, a 72T election. Or perhaps if it is a, a 401k and you've attained age 55 and you've got a certain amount of years in the company, you may be able to take money out of a 401k before 59 and a half without penalty. Right. These are all the weeds. These are all the opportunities that, that, if, that you need to be aware of that helps you make a decision today. Um, but having a cash reserve is very important. And so we do a lot of, you know, we... <laughs> We do a lot of coaching and a lot of getting our clients to understand that is one of your best and first defenses against a pending economic downturn, meaning that you, you've got to identify how much cash flow you would need or in, in the case of retirement, how much cash flow were you plan, how much, you know, were you planning taking out of your IRA or your other investments, perhaps non-qualified, maybe an annuity, a tax deferred annuity, whatever. How much were you planning on taking out? And then, but the idea that if if the market's crashing or we get into a severe economic downturn and you don't want to sell your stocks low, because remember, you're supposed to buy them low and sell right. them high, not sell high. <laughs> I mean, not, not, not buy, you know, you're not right. buy high and sell low. You want to buy low and sell, sell high. high. So, so if, if the market's going down and so a lot of those, what we found over the decades of helping clients is that before they got that concept of building up a cash reserve, they would just, they just wouldn't buy that new automobile. Cause they said, well, I'm not going to sell my stocks low to buy the automobile. Right. 
So they put their retirement life on hold um, or they panicked and, and then, which is maybe even worse, right? you know, and, and they panic and they get out of the market low and park it in cash and cash isn't paying a whole lot these days. So, but that's okay. If you, the, the cash reserve, it should be what could cover those particular items that you've got planned for the next couple of years. Now it's different if you're still working and worried about losing your job. That's a different cash reserve. Right. But the I'm talking about for in retirement, you know, it's that spending gap. It's you know how much are your planned expenses less how much your retirement income is, whether that be mm-hmm. Social Security, pensions, or the uh, IRA distributions. But the idea is, yeah, working. So one of the things that we've been helping clients if they're a few years away from retirement, we start them thinking about that time and saying, okay, it, you may be in your you may be in your your goal your biggest earning years, right, in the last few years of retirement, and maybe a lot of the expenses are behind. You maybe the kids are out of college. Maybe you've done the new roof and the new driveway, and there's really not any big you know home improvements. So you you have this excess cash flow, and you're saying, "Hey, I'm just going to start you know stocking up my 401k." Well, that's fine, but also have you started planning that that when you go into retirement, you've got an adequate cash reserve that you can rely on. And so if in the first couple of years of retirement, we do have an economic downturn, you've got some flexibility to say, I'm not going to sell low. I'm going to rely on my cash reserve and I'm going to let time for my stocks to come back. And in the meantime, I'll at least collect the dividends that those equities are paying, which is probably a better rate than the CDs. Right. And so it's looking for opportunities when things are good or when things aren't so good. And even more important, when you have concerns, you know, there are plenty of opportunities in every economic situation. You just need to know how to use, um, look for them. And they do take work and effort on your part instead of just letting fall things fall where they may, which oftentimes creates more money for the government. And you can call the estate planning team for a free, no obligation consultation by phone or in person. Or if you have questions on the concepts we have, you can give us a call at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. So you listen to Mark Dolly and Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those 35 years, we certainly have coached a lot of our clients on Understanding the IRA rules, the distribution rules, the required minimum distribution rules, the Roth conversion rules. And there's a difference between Roth contribution and Roth conversion. Absolutely. And I think people are there. I hear people say, well, I don't like Roths. Well, what don't you like about Roths? Like, I hear that a lot. I'm not going to do a Roth. I heard they're not good. Well, (laughs) Roths are just what's better than tax free. And there's not like, I think people have a misconception that a Roth might be a specific asset. You can have a Roth in a savings account. You can have it in a CD, an annuity, a mutual fund, an equity. Yeah. A REIT, an EFT. Like you can have a Roth in any pretty much. Right. Sometimes it's the comment that, well, I thought Roth, I heard Roth IRA was a bad investment. Right. No, 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 no. It's like, no. I mean, it's, it's, you can invest in anything you want. Um you you can have real estate right it's speaking speaking of, of uh peter Thiel, right remember i was just talking yeah. about him he, he you know one of the things is should you follow do you think any of the rich people in this country have used roth iras successfully well, well i think a lot peter of has um, so because the Democrats, the left is going after Teal, right? Because he, they're, they're coming out and they're, they're trying to get everyone in America to go along with their tax, the rich, because they're saying it's the rich that are abusing all the tax laws. They're not abusing, they're using, I guess, honestly, I think the only people maybe abusing are politicians, but I think wealthy people are using opportunities and hiring really smart people. Well, apparently, Ellen Weisselberg, you know, Trump's CEO, is a right. little hot. Well, he's feeling the yeah. heat right now. Right. Apparently, uh, they're going after him. But that whole thing, that whole witch hunt about Trump's tax returns, and he's, you know, he's not even named. President Trump's not even named in it. Right. They're going after oh, the, I'm sure, yeah. They're going after the CFO because he, he didn't report some taxes on some of the fringe benefits that Trump gave him. I mean, okay, so 
like, the guy's 73 years old. What are you going to do, lock him up? Do we not have more important things to worry about, but, like, to uh, go after? But I th- but that's the extremes. Uh, and America is still in the middle. I, I mean, I, which is going to happen? <laughs> which you think is going to happen first, Kerry, that uh, President Trump's going to be reinstated as president in August or that uh, President Trump is going to be uh, locked up behind bars for tax evasion? Guess what? Neither one's Neither, happening. Yeah. Does everybody get that? I mean, the pillow guy's talking, is still talking about, uh, it, you know, Trump is going to be reinstated in August. No, he's not. And and the Democrats that left are still saying Trump's going to be locked up for tax evasion. No, he's not. No, he's not. All right, let's get, yeah, can we move on? All right. Um, or move in a better direction. Really. But Peter Thiel, he's used, he's kind of used Roth successfully, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Using real estate. Not real estate, but. Actually, he was using his company-owned side. Remember, he was the founder of, of PayPal. And what do you think PayPal was valued before it went public? At like zero. I was going to say nothing. Okay. So he put $2,000, you know, which is the probably the annual contribution level when he did it. So he, he started putting $2,000 a year into his Roth IRA. Good for him. And, and, and then... Um, and then, you know, and you can do that with private stock. Right. Like, you know, he did it. Um, so he got a Roth in PayPal stock when it wasn't worth much. His own company. Right. Uh, and it, it's grown a little bit since he put the 2000 right. in. So today they say it's worth $5 billion. Good for him. And that's because all many... tax-free when he wants to take it out. And that's not illegal. Good for him. How many people might have put it in their business that didn't go well? I mean, then they would have. But it's the point of a Roth isn't good. I mean, what can be better? Tax-free income while you're living. Tax-free benefit to your beneficiaries when you pass. Right. Now, Peter's got a problem if on the estate tax side. Which is not is different because, than the income tax. Right. But... Because Roth IRAs would still be subject to federal state tax. Because it's part of your total estate. But as far as an income tax, and also, too, you, he, can, he can diversify. Mm-hmm. So even though it was PayPal when it went in, he could now sell off PayPal because he's overweighted, let's right. say, and buy any other investments that he wants in, all inside the Roth IRA. Okay. So, and, and you can do those things, right? And, and everybody can do those things. You know, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's not tricky and you've got to, you've got to to have a good coordination of advisors, but the opportunities are out there. Um, All right. So yeah, we'll be talking more about Roth contributions and Roth conversions, because we're going to be highlighting this subject matter, at least through July. Carrie, I may go through August. I don't yeah. know. If you, if you stop interrupting me, Carrie, maybe I'll I get know. something done. Um, but the uh, Take a breath, Mark. <laughs> so, so what else? Will we, you know, we'll be talking about um, certainly required minimum distributions. We'll be talking about inherited IRAs and, and what's happening there. We'll be talking about 60-day rollover failures. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may be talking about you know net unrealized appreciation. If you are working for a company and you're buying the company stock in your 401k, there may be a, a, a good oper- tax opportunity for you there. Um, we'll be talking about when you start taking money out. Um, you know, Sometimes we, people get confused about you know, the rules on... The withholding carry, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, because one of the things is going into retirement, you have to come up with the withholding, right? Or right. you have to come up with the estimated taxes where you were used to W-2 employees that they were just doing the withholding and the payroll departments do a darn good job of withholding the right amount. So normally you're not getting either huge refunds or oh, a huge amount. Right. And, and that's fine. But when retirement, it's a different ballgame. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you're getting pensions, you've got to make pension election withholding. If you're getting social security, you can elect federal withholding, but it's not automatic. Right. The, the default is no federal withholding and social security won't support Ohio withholding. So if you're taking money out of IRAs, you've got, you know, withholding. So a lot of that, and then a lot of people don't understand that maybe the, if you're, if the 401k, 
or 403B, there may be a 20% mandatory federal withholding. Okay. And they're not planning on that. You know, they're saying, well, Mark, I don't need that much withholding. I'm just going to wind up waiting for a refund. Well, how are you? How how can you get around that loophole, right? Um, all right. So we get a lot of questions, Carrie. Um, and I'm just going to go through. Here's one. You know, so some common questions. Hey, Mark, are RMDs suspended again this year? All right. So I think most people know now. You know that we're in the second half of the year that RMDs are not suspended for 2021. They're back. And you've got to be aware of that, uh, you know, even if you weren't notified that you have to take right. a required minimum. And if, so if you were, if you were unsure, yeah, no, they were suspended for 2020. They were not suspended for 2021. Okay. And a lot of people say, well, why? We still had the Rona problem and the shutdown. We're still wearing masks in 2021. Well, remember, one of the reasons why they suspended the RMDs in 2020 was that market, you know, crash in March of 2020. I mean, the S&P was down, what, 30, 35%? So that was the idea that the, the government says it's not fair that we, we have to make people sell low right. to, to get their RMD out. Because remember, the RMD is based on the balance in at the beginning of the year. So if you were heavy in equities by March, you're down 30, 35%. Mm-hmm. So now you, now you have to take your required minimum out. That's the double whammy. Ouch. So, so that was part of why they relieved it and said, you don't have to do required minimums. That's not the case in 2021. Mm-hmm. We've had a, you know, the market's double digit returns. We haven't had a crash. So, so anyways, um, now, a lot of people are still saying, well, when do I have to take my first required minimum distribution, Carrie, right? And this is where we had the SECURE Act 1, which was passed right. in December 2019, change the mandatory beginning date to age 72. So anyone who did not attain or anyone who attained age 70 and a half after 1-1-2020, your RMD is age 72. And, of right. course, we talked about last week. I'll repeat it again. For the first required minimum distribution, all right, first one only, mm-hmm. you have until April 1st of the year following the calendar year you attain age 72. Okay. Okay. But if you wait to that last possible minute, remember, that's April 1st. That's a bad April Fool's joke by the government. It's not April 15th. How many times have we stopped people making that mistake, Carrie? Because mm-hmm. in their mind... They, they know it's April, and they think it's April 15th, tax day. No, it's April 1st. Remember that, you know, uh, if, you, if that's what you're planning. So if you do wait till April 1st of the year following the calendar year, you attain age 72. You will also have to do a second required minimum distribution by December 31st of that same year. Okay. So in effect, you'll be taking two required minimum distributions in one tax year, and that may be tax costly. Okay. So for that reason, a lot of our clients don't wait till April 1st of the year following the calendar year. They attain age 72. They take their first required minimum distribution in the calendar year. They attain age 72. Okay. And then, and then they're just doing one that first year and one the second year. Now, what should you do? Well, here's the point. You don't ask your neighbor what they did. Right. Right. Remember, this is your plan. It's not your neighbor's plan. It's not your coworkers' plan. Your neighbor might plan. have different things hitting their yeah. tax return because it's a. It's we're very active planners at the state planning team, and so we say, well, what are your circumstances? Because I mean, we we've had over the decades, you know, we had many cases where it made perfect sense for the clients to right. wait and do the two required minimum distributions in the second year. Mm-hmm. Why? Because in their circumstances, one of the two of the couple was still working in the first year, right? And they had high income still. Where in the second year, everyone was going to be retired. So it made a lot of sense for them to, you know, and and that's where coordination with your tax preparer, you know, hey, throw me a bone here, CPA. You know, can you run me a two-year analysis? And and in case one, I do my first required minimum in year one, my second required minimum in year two. The second scenario, I do zero in year one and two in year two. I want to add up the cumulative income taxes over two years, and I want to go with the one that gives the less cumulative taxes. Could you look at it that way, Gary? Yeah. I guess. It wouldn't hurt. May may leave you in a decision-making mode. 
I think it's a better place to do analysis and really understand which is better. I mean, I don't know how people make dis- good decisions without having that in front of you. All right. Hey, Mark, I heard that the RMD H72 is going to 75. Well, not yet. It's not, but that may be the case. So we have the Secure Act 2, Carrie. Okay. A Securing a Strong Retirement Act, or I'm going to call it SASRA. Okay. S-A-S-R-A, Securing a Strong Retirement Act. It's not law yet, okay. but it's a, it's a hot, it's running hot in, in the Congress right now. And it has a lot of bipartisan support. Okay. Okay. In the latest draft version of the SASRA, um, Secure Act 2, Yes, they want, they plan to increasing the RMD from age 72, but it's going to be, it's going to be increased over a period of time. Okay. All right. So for example, by January 1st of 2022, it would go up to age 73. Then by January 1st of 2029, it would go up to age 74. And then by January 1st of 2032, it would go up to age 75. Okay. Right. Um, so that's the latest draft. It's not law yet, but I think there's a good chance that could happen. Um, hey, Mark, I heard that the RMDs this year will be lower because the government changed the life expectancy tables. Well, again, yes, they did change the life expectancy tables, but it's not effective yet. This was remember this this started we talked about this back when President Trump gave the executive order to the Treasury Department, the IRS, when he was president to say, hey, we you know, you haven't changed the life expectancy tables in a long, long time. Right. And maybe you should, because people are complaining that they have to take out RMDs too much. You know, right. So because people are living longer and they're worrying that they'd rather have their money growing tax deferred for longer. Right. Right. Um, So so it was supposed to go in effect 2021. Okay. But the Rona kind of put a, you know, end right. to that. So now it's supposedly going to go in effect next year, 2022. Okay. They're out there. You can, you can look at the new, they have, remember there's the three basic tables that the IRS uses. What most commonly is a uniform life table, um, but there's also a single life table. There's also a joint life table. All of them are changing, but it's not going to make or break your retirement plan. Just to give you some numbers, under the you know current rule, at age you know seventy and a half, your divisor is twenty seven point four, which is equivalent to about a three point six five percent withdrawal from your IRA. Okay, so if you had a million dollars, it'd be you know your first year's required minimum would be you know thirty six thousand and change. Under the new rule, it would go from twenty seven point four to twenty nine point one. Okay. Not, you know, so it's a little bit of increase. Slight difference. So your your three point six five percent rate drops to three point four four. But now, since they raised it to age seventy two, we can look at that because under the current rule, age seventy two would normally be a twenty five point six, you know, distribution, which is about three point nine percent. But under the new life expectancy tables, a little bit longer life expectancy, it'll be twenty seven point three, back to the three point six six. So these are just some of the things we'll be talking about. I've got a whole list more. Um, We'll be talking this over July. Carrie, I guess we're running out of time. All right. Call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And hopefully everyone will have an enjoyable July 4th weekend. Yeah. Have a good 4th. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.